The following content is brought to you by Mind Initiative Incorporated. The opinions expressed in the following conversation are of the hosts and do not in any way represent the opinions of Mind Initiative as a whole. Some themes in this series may be distressing or triggering for some listeners and so viewer discretion is advised. If any of the content does trigger uncomfortable feelings or cause distress, we encourage you to reach out to us via our Facebook page or seek further support from beyondblue.org or contact Lifeline on 13 11 14 for 24-7 over-the-phone support. We would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we all stand and we extend our respect to the elders, both past and present. Hey everybody, this is Willie Fletcher and welcome to the Mind to Mind podcast where we discuss a myriad of topics regarding psychology and how to stay on top of your mental health. So tonight we are going to be talking about the topic of homelessness. This is definitely one, definitely getting under my skin lately, just just how bad it is getting in Australia and most are in my town of Brisbane. I did some uh, research and it said in uh, 2016 there were 6,000 people that were homeless in Brisbane. Now in 2023 it's risen up to to 9,000. You see it everywhere in the most unsuspecting of places and it's just really terrible to see um happening to into such a well-developed and modern city like brisbane and it's Mm -hmm. quite frustrating to see it go on despite having a capable government that can really make a difference yet they're kind of sort of not kind of fumbling at the moment so yeah what do you mean by it's getting under your skin will like getting under your skin oh it's just it's just something, something that's something that's bother, bothering me. Something that just doesn't seem right to be happening. But you know, with COVID and with you know the the, the cost of living crisis, it's definitely it's it's a very real thing. Yeah. I just wish it could be it could be better. An interesting yeah. kind of conversation about saying you wish it could be better. What do you think better is? I don't know. I mean, I I just wish it was, you know, the the way it was before. And I just it's it's just a problem. And I just I just hope somehow the government just gets on gets on top of it. But I wanted to talk more about how it impacts um, mental health and how being displaced from home can definitely um, have a toll on on your mental health. So. So what do you think about this, Claire? Yeah, I was. I know this is so off. It's going long-windedly, but I can kind of sort of, I can just see some fireworks from where I live in the city. And I was thinking, you know, we have this massive homelessness crisis and then the government thinks that random fireworks on a Monday are necessary. Um, you know, you, you just think like, like what you said, in such a developed country and developed cities like Brisbane and I'm here in Sydney you're just thinking how is this a thing and you know the last relationship I was in my partner was living in Potts Point and you just it's just it's literally a homeless city and it's just this contrast of seeing fine dining restaurants and cafes and just homeless people absolutely everywhere you just say how does this how is it so bad? And how are we even worse in America? Like we constantly talk about how bad the healthcare system is in America. I actually, I don't know. I think, did I talk about this? I don't know if we've talked about it before, but I actually think the healthcare system in Australia is pretty bad. 
but that's another topic. But yeah, we talk about how advanced Australia is, but we have we're in like the top five in the world for most homelessness, and we're also on these top lists for greatest places to live. It's like then why do we have such a bad homelessness problem? Like it's very hard to understand. What is it? Is it a housing? Is it an affordability problem? Is it a mental health problem? Is it a domestic violence problem? Is it all of them? Like some, not my area of expertise, but it's very complicated well, situation, right? Well, coming from me, I could no longer afford the apartment that I that I used to live in. Yeah. Um, as I said in the previous episode, it was originally two sixty nine a week, but my MRAS support ran out, so. It went up to four fifty, and that went up for every single person in um in the building, and I simply couldn't afford it. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I have a good family and good parents that I could move back mm-hmm. into. So now I'm living in what used to be their study, and across the street from where I lived in the past couple of months during when um, when I was living there, there were just more and more tents going up. I think there were about fifteen to twenty by the time I moved out, and I'm thinking, surely there is somewhere some space, some shelter we can put these people and mm-hmm. and from what I've heard on 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 the news, the best thing that the Queensland government to um to come up with was just to get them to move somewhere else. What I just do you think, think of a- some of the factors though, Will, that makes a person homeless? Like you're talking from your experience, but do you think there are some people out there that simply if they're given the choice to have a house or live on the street, that they feel safer on the street. As Claire said, domestic violence victims, um, <clears throat> people with gambling addictions, all of that kind of stuff. I, for one, would not want to live out on the street compared to living in a home. I would say just just instinctively for me, I would feel safer in a, in a house than out on the street. But I really think it just comes to a problem with just affordability i think that's the main problem here but there's also the secondary issue of just just above from homelessness is tens of thousands of people you know having you know a single mum or even a couple living in a one-bedroom apartment with two children you know there's living in living conditions that are bordering not being able to not being able to feed their children properly there's also that's a secondary issue. And with the cost of living going up, like these people aren't far off being homeless. So do you think just giving people more money is a solution? No. I think if I'm going on a tangent here, when I when I was having a look at the the countries that were ranking high with homelessness, and a lot of them are Western countries, I think the problem comes from a lack of community mindset. And we learn about this in social psychology. Um, collective communities have a sense of us and not I. And I think Australia is the furthest from a collective. We actually rank really high in individualism. So we get told, we get given this whole, Australians are all about their mates and helping their mates, but I really don't feel like that's true. I feel like most people don't know their next door neighbours anymore. Um, Family values are not the strongest. And I think in a way... In a, in a lot of poorer countries, in developing countries, the families were like, what do you mean? There's no way we would let, you know, a member of our family out on the street 
whether it's an uncle, an auntie or an extended cousin. And I think in Australia, we've lost a lot of those values. It's become a very individualistic society. And I think that's a big part of why we are in this problem. Because, you know, even from my like brief experience learning about domestic violence, that's one of the biggest problems with women over 55 is their children as well won't help them out. So even if they have adult children, they won't help house them or take their parents in. And that's also really sad. That just comes down to a lack of values, I think. So, so you think Australia is becoming more self-centred? I don't think it's, I think it's become. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think the other option is, right, Imagine if you take someone that has a child and that child is particularly violent and they do fifteen to $20,000 worth of damage to your house, are you really going to sit there and go, oh, okay, that's fine, I'll pay that $20,000 bill, you're not out on the street, I'm happy with what you did? No, I, I wouldn't say so. All right. Because that's, that's definitely factors. Like we're, we're in the mental health kind of industry here and they're factors that do actually affect people that affect their ability to get housing. Um, one of the big things is like with, uh, let's say, anger issues and lashing out and people not feeling like they're comfortable around them or can support them safely. Um, yeah. That's yeah. definitely a big thing. Getting that support in, like NDIS is a is a pretty good thing in all the all the psychosocial space and putting these people into into care with support workers and everything else to try and manage these behaviours, but that's still something fairly recent and they're affected by cost of living as well. When we talk about homelessness, like as you said, we we can walk down the street in the middle of Brisbane. I, last week, I went for a coffee and walked past about three people sleeping out in front of Seven Eleven. I think it's on Eagle Street, mm. and it was just amazing to me seeing people there eight o'clock in the morning while I'm going to get a coffee. And for me, it was like, what can I do about this? Like, I can see these I would people die in sleeping. Sydney. They're absolutely everywhere in Sydney. It's like, it's insane. Yeah. It's I, insane. I, I almost cannot believe it when I see it. I, it sometimes I, I question my sanity seeing all these people on the street. But, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's real. It's real. Are you afraid to talk to them? Yeah, I am, actually. I don't know how. What do you think the stigma is behind that? Like you say you don't know how, you know how to say hello. I'm pretty sure I could definitely approach these people, but the fact is is that I haven't yet. It's very interesting. But, yeah. I think but, as a woman, I would approach a woman, but because I'm a woman, I won't approach a man just in case they are like using substances and stuff. I'm a bit scared, but yeah, you see their signs that say what's, the situation like I have huge medical bills such and such like you see a lot of them write on their signage why they are in that position and I, I I know that um the majority of them are are decent people it's just that there's just that fear there and I know it's probably not justified but it's it's just something that I still face when I see these people and I guess I guess I just don't have that amount of courage yet, but I would like to. What are your opinions on, like, my my opinion is that I think it's a cultural issue 
I think that's the driving factor because it's. I also believe it's a driving factor of a lot of domestic violence. But what do you guys think is a is if you were to, from your own opinion, of course, why we have such a crisis? You can obviously just say anything. Well, for me, <laughs> I, I just think it's it's it, it's all financial. It's just the affordability is, is skyrocketing, and a lot of people just can't catch up. Yeah. What about you, I'm with you. I think it's a little bit cultural, but for me, it's when you go to school, you're not taught about how to manage money or anything like that. Um, it's very easy to get into debt traps. The other thing is, is it doesn't teach you, no one teaches you how to be a parent, right? And if you're from a low socioeconomic background, the chances are that you'll probably be in a situation where if you're a young female, you'll end up pregnant you know unless you're actually taught about safe sex and everything else at the right stage at the right time um and the cycle will kind of repeat itself because you you're not supported um when you're trying to be a parent and mm. your parents are probably in in that kind of low socioeconomic background as well um, they've done their best chance in trying to raise you, but they're also trying to work or they might have a drug issue or something like that, and they can't really help you out. So the cycle kind of really repeats. And when I worked in the homelessness sector, that's kind of the cycle that I saw a lot of the time is people not really knowing how to get out of that cycle. And once they hit a certain age as well, uh, they kind of became ingrained in the system and the only way that they could kind of see that they could get away was by gaming the system. So like trying to get a house, um, say, from Department of Housing and then they would try to sublet rooms or they would be dealing drugs from that particular house or something like that. Uh, that they just didn't know how to break that cycle by getting educated or learning about money skills, learning how to save. Yeah. Yeah, there was definitely patterns of drugs, alcoholism, all of that kind of stuff. And homelessness really does go hand in hand with mental health issues, a lot of childhood trauma, and people just not not being able to get out of their system. Like a kid with ADHD that really struggled with school, when they get out of school, if they haven't really being supported or know what ADHD means for them, then it's really hard for them to get a struggle and uh, ahead in life with that struggle, especially in their 17 to 21s, because the human brain doesn't fully develop until 25. So there's a lot going on in yeah. that period. I think with the low socioeconomic families too, is with what you're saying with ADHD, whether the children have ADHD or they're having signs of ADHD, because of the fact that they're getting fed poor quality diet because either their parents have no nutritional understanding or have no money. So they're giving them the cheapest white breads, you know, and, and now families that do have the nutritional knowledge having to often feed their kids food because of the cost of living crisis, less than nutritious food. And then also they don't know how to parent their children properly, like what you're saying with parenting. So they're sitting them in front of the TV or an iPad because yeah, they just, they don't have the knowledge. And then that creates behavioural problems. And it's just, yeah. yeah. Just, just thinking about it, cost of living would, would affect contraception. Like if you had a choice to get contraception or buy food, 
you're probably going to go without the contraception and take the risk, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah, it's just a, it's a domino effect, right? Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, um, a lot of issues are driving this, driving this current crisis a lot. So what do you think it's important for us to talk about? I would just say, you know, how to fix it, how to make it better. Because I'm, I don't really know what else to say. Have you had any friends or any people that you know that have been close to homelessness? Not really, no. No one in my social circle or in my family really is homeless. So yes. I'm very lucky. I'm in a very privileged point. And it just, it just breaks my heart that I see this happening and I don't really know what to do about it. I mean, yes. I, I could I could join these volunteer foundations, but my schedule is just so busy at the moment, being at different places, seeing seeing certain people doing different things that I really don't really have much time for that. I think it's a really good point because, as you said at the start, it's something you, that you've noticed and it's something that you want to take action on, um, but you don't know how. So when you're feeling upset about this kind of stuff, how do you calm yourself down? How do you how do you get back to this is what I can do and me getting upset about it, um, trying to do more than that doesn't doesn't really help me. Well, what I did do a few months ago is I made a short YouTube video about it on my channel, kind of like sharing my personal feelings about it and basically just putting a bunch of links to websites where other people could could join these foundations. It was just kind of like my, it made me feel better doing that. But yeah. I do know that basically the, um, the only thing that really does help me feel better is that there are a bunch of people that are doing this. I know, I know I'm going back to something you were talking about earlier, Jason, but you know, I said this last week at the moment, cause I'm, I'm looking for um, another job and just looking at so many entry-level jobs and what they're asking for, you just think, imagine being someone who's lived in a family of poverty, maybe hasn't been employed for years, and you're looking at getting an entry-level job because that's what you're getting because you're not qualified. And they're asking for a sea of requirements for minimum wage. It is very deterring for people who are in a situation where they may not even know how to use a computer. Um, so how yeah, do you think yeah. how do you think people should manage these feelings though like if they've got those same kind, same kind of feelings as you they're getting kind of like deterred they're looking at this stuff they their rent's going up and everything else they need to keep pushing forward but everything mm-hmm. keeps on pushing down to them how do you think they should manage these feelings so i think that give that just fuels you know more depression more anxiety and more i might as well sell drugs I might as well sublet a room. I might as well, you know, steal stuff from the convenience store. Like it just makes it just makes people give up, especially if you are from, you know, an abusive or low socioeconomic environment that you haven't been able to thrive in. Like like you're saying, it just feels a cycle. But I think in Australia we just have such a high it's not just Australia, it's everywhere, just such a high standard of what's required of people for not always the most reward. Like even if you have a minimum wage job, you're still just getting by, right? 
Yeah. Is that yeah, your yeah. only income? You're still just you're still just scraping by, especially if you've got a family. But how do we help people actually manage these feelings when they're going through that kind of stuff at the moment? What what well, suggestions me, would you give them? Well, for me, I think I just need to um, overcome my my fear, my xenophobia, and just you know talk to these people and just you know un- trying to try to understand what their struggles are and just listen because that's really the only thing I can think of at the moment. Yeah. I would say there just needs to be a lot more education. I know it's like not going to fix the current problem, but in schools, like you said, a lot more ed- education about financial literacy, about actual skills, alternative pathways for children um, and teenagers that aren't university that might get them jobs quicker, especially for students that can't concentrate as well. Just teaching them skills or leading them into pathways that are government funded and encouraging them and not making it seem like the world's so overwhelming, you might as well just follow what your parents are following. You know what I mean? Like you might as well just go down the same path as your parents. And also just making school more interesting so these kids are actually attending. Um, Because school attendance is another big issue with children from low socioeconomic families. It's a, yeah, it's a, it's like last week, right? It's such a nuanced topic. Yeah. And it's a big domino effect of all these problems that start young and just continue onwards. So I'll say if you are struggling with debt and finances and everything at the moment, you can reach out to a free financial counselor. There are free financial counselors around the country. Um, just Google free financial counsellor within Google and you'll probably pop, pick up something around it. I'll also say that if you're really struggling and you've been struggling for a while, let's say over two weeks, that you reach out and talk to someone if it's feeling really heavy on you, that you go and talk to a doctor or something like that because you don't want to slip into depression. Um, you want to start to be able to find strategies to to manage your anxiety and everything else. You don't want it to affect your family and your relationships with people. Um, I guess that's that's kind of what I wanted to touch on there. Yeah. If you're at that point where you're really struggling and everything is getting on top of you, don't take all of that burden on your own. Go out there and and actively start to get some help to manage it. We can't fix the fact that your finances might be bad or the cost of living and everything might be coming up. Um, but we also don't want it to uh, crush your soul because um, I'm sure there's lots of people that listen to this that are beautiful people and we want to keep the you as a beautiful person and help you through this time no matter how hard it is. I agree. I love that. Yeah. There's always a way. Yep, there's there always is. a way and not to give up there's like you said there's always a strategy it's just about instilling faith in people and like you said seeking those services that actually do help getting a plan yeah definitely and and books are always free from a library um you know if you wanted to read a financial book or something like that to do, find strategies and everything else um join your local library get out a couple of books and it'll definitely help and you know, reading helps you pass the time when you're bored. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah, I love that. So true. There's always there's always success stories. There's always people that have come from rags to riches. You don't need to go to riches, but there's there's always a way. And mm-hmm. uh, I think if we if we advocate for services 
and make it known to people that these things are available and motivate people to get out of these situations. It's definitely helpful. Yep. I agree with that. I think for success for a lot of people is being able to help out their friends and family. So, you know, that's that's kind of what we're here for is to help people out. We don't do it for financial reward. We get nothing for making the podcast or anything like that, but except for we yeah. get to talk to people and hopefully pay it forward. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Just uh, don't be afraid to talk to people on the street, you know. You just need every. We just need to, you know, connect with everyone again. Everybody's so isolated now, you know. Just yeah. Because, yeah. And this is why we talk about mind about the cross cultural thing with, with mental health issues. Is, yeah, it's a, a cultural thing that we need to be together. But it, you know, it's interesting. There are some homeless in the city, and I see that are quite popular. Um, that yeah. have a lot of pals. Uh, mm-hmm. That you always see having a chat and. You, they've been there for a while and I know it feels nice that the community is there for them and you can see by the way that they're spoken to that it's not like someone's looking down on them and I also absolutely hate when people film themselves giving food and stuff to homeless that really makes me cringe mm. um, so anyone listening please do not do that I hate that <laughs> so you're going to give them money or food just give it do not film yourself doing it yeah embarrassing it's not about instagram likes yeah no. you you know you shouldn't yeah just do it yeah so wait yeah. is there anything else you want to talk about or i think we should finish it here no any final words uh, yeah well just as always if you are feeling in distress or crisis just call lifeline that one call away there's always someone there helping you pull you pull yourself out of that darkness and get you back on your feet. And yeah, that's basically all I have to say. Any final words, Claire? We need to do something about this problem. Yep. That's all I have to say. I don't know what, but Australia needs to come together and find a solution because it's embarrassing. It is. Yeah. I guess my final words for everyone is, you know, you're not in this alone. You just need to reach out and talk to people. There's services around the country. Um, Don't put your pride or something in front, pride, greed, whatever it is, in front of you getting help because the sooner you get help, the sooner you can move forward. Yep, I agree.